Turn in your Bibles with me to 2 Kings chapter 17. We're going to be beginning in verse 24. 1724, 2 Kings. If you'll remember with me in our last lesson, the northern tribes have been led away captive by Assyria. If you remember, it's the um, King Hosea, or Hosea, which means salvation. He is on the throne. He actually was a pretty good king, they say, but he only ruled about nine years. And then they were led away because it was already too late. They had already been judged by God, uh, and God was going to correct them. Now listen, one of the important things to remember is that God is not trying to destroy them. Although we don't ever see the northern tribes return the way that they left in mass, God was trying to get them to cry out to him and turn them. He's trying to bring them to salvation. And lots of times in our world today, we think that bad things happen because God's mad at us. The devil lies to us and thinks that a hardship is happening because God's trying to kill us. God is trying to get us to draw near to him, to turn to him, to cry out for him for help and understand that he's where our help comes from. And he's the only place that we can get help. So an end of their idolatry, an end of their idolatry, and we see them led away. We see them taken into full captivity. Uh, we've seen the explanation for it that they had um, sinned against God. It's not because they sinned against anybody else but God. And so God raises up an enemy to draw them away. And we'll talk about that again um, a little bit later as we get here. But really it's because of their idolatry. It's because of their unbelief. Listen, they didn't believe God. And again, today, the church is in dire straits because they don't believe God. The children of Israel, we're going to see it in our text again today, they were brought out. They were given salvation, if you will, delivered out of the bondage of Egypt. And then they get out into the wilderness and, and they begin to grumble and complain against God. It's something that's in the heart of man that we do not believe God. Even when he does mighty things, then the next day we don't believe God. It's in our spirit. It's in our nature. Listen to me. Elijah was the same way. And James says we have the self-same spirit as Elijah. Remember, he had the Mount Carmel victory, a great victory where he kills 800 and some prophets of Baal. And then the next day, Jezebel threatens him, and he's running, he's hiding instead of believing God. And we're talking about one of the most famous prophets of the Old Testament who forgot about God. He forgot to believe God. He's thinking he's the only one left. And this is the way that we can get if we don't keep our eyes fixed upon God. And that's what's going on through their idolatry. Some 265 years after being in the land, it's somewhere around 265 years, we see the northern ten tribes led away by their noses, uncovered, their nakedness showing, and we see this in, in a humiliating way. They're taken to different places uh, that the Assyrians take them and repopulate other places that they've also conquered. Uh, and what a sad thing that they are uncovered. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And um, it was all because they wouldn't turn. 
because of the sins of Jeroboam. Remember, Jeroboam rebelled against Rehoboam, Solomon's son. And God was in it. God allowed it because of the sin that is going on in the nation where they just will not believe. Now listen to me. I want to encourage you, church. Believe God. Trust God. Don't, don't believe Him for salvation, that He'll forgive you of all of your sins that you've ever committed or going to commit, and then He won't come through when you need something. Listen, He knows what He's doing. He knows how to get you in heaven. He knows how to sanctify and cleanse you with the washing of the water through the Word. Draw near to God. Surrender to God. Repent before God and come and open your heart to Him. Don't wait until it's too late and keep following falsely like a hypocrite. The religion of people have a love relationship with God. We're going to see in this text. I want you to see that because of fear, they followed false gods. But we don't follow Christ because of fear. We follow him in a love relationship. Now, we might have gotten saved out of fear. We might have heard a message and said, wow, I don't want to burn in hell. But it was because of his great love that we feared God, revered God, come to God by the, the message that we hear. And then we don't follow him in fear. We follow him in love because that's what we're supposed to do as his bride. We're supposed to draw close and fall more in love with love because he is love. Fall more in love with him as we become like him in this love, personal love relationship. Now watch what happens. They're carried away. They're led away. It's in the text. We'll see it. 2 Kings 17, 24. Then the king of Assyria brought people from Babylon, Kuthah, Evah, Hamath, and from Septharvium, I don't know how they're pronounced, and placed them in the cities of Samaria instead of the children of Israel. And they took possession of Samaria and dwelt in its cities. Notice, uh, instead of. Listen, instead of. They were living in a land that God had gave them. The land was called a holy land. It's actually called it, I think, in Ezekiel 2.12. It's called holy land. The land is holy. Why? Because it belongs to God. And God gave it to his children. Everything that God has is holy. If God owns it, it's holy. That's how come we're supposed to be holy. Be ye holy because I am holy. It means separated for God. Separated as a witness to God. Consecrated for God. Separated for his service. And that's what we are. If we're, if we're going to be holy, it's because we've surrendered our heart and we're separated to God. So look what the Assyrians do. As they take the children of Israel, they move them probably, and I'm, I'm kind of guessing, but since they're conquering all these lands... They moved the children of Israel to these other places also. Did they give the names last week, last lesson? Um, they took them to fortified cities secretly. Uh, they took them to Hala, uh, to, to, by the Habar River and the Gozan River, the city of the Medes. They took them to other places that they were conquering. And then they brought back some strong Assyrians, some strong Assyrian leaders, not a lot, but then other people that were conquered in other lands, they brought them to settle them in the land here where they're at. They brought them from Babylon. Remember Babylon? Um, well, let me, let me back up just a minute. Assyria means a step. Just a step. And I want you just to know it's a step, uh, and it's in the sense of successful. What? 
I want you to see that just one step, you're one step away from stepping back to God if you're in confusion, which is what Babylon means, confusion. If, if you're listening to the enemy, if you're going, I don't know what's going on, and Babylon means confusion by mixing. It comes from the Hebrew Babel. You mix things together. Now, what have they been doing? They, they were priests of the Most High God. They were children of God. And then Rehob, or excuse me, Jeroboam said, come on, let's rebel against this leadership of Rehoboam, Solomon's son. Let's make golden calves and let's worship in Bethel and Samaria. So they're mixing other religions together in what they're supposed to be doing. And they're making up some new stuff. And they're mixing it all together. And when you mix stuff together, listen to me, it causes confusion. See, in the, in the New Testament, we're called to put on the mind of Christ to be of one mind. All of us do the same thing in unity, and that is for the salvation of souls. We're focused on the one thing, serving God, worshiping God, spirit and truth, and then looking to save souls by being a witness. So we have one mind. We're all supposed to be putting on the mind of Christ. How do we do that? We surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit. We're led by the Holy Spirit into the Word of God, which is God's Word, which you begin to learn what He says in His ordinances, what He says in His law, what He says in His Word, what He says about His love and His nature and His character. And so you start putting on that mind, and you say, this is what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's making me like the Word of God. So now I need to learn the word of God and I'll be putting on the mind of Christ. And if we all do it together, we'll have unity and we'll all be able to go out and witness the same thing in different ways because of our different personalities and the different things that God is working on in us. But even when the battle comes, even when things go wrong, we stand strong in Christ and then they see God's work in our life that we're going through the same thing. But here... And I don't, want to, I don't want to move too far away. One step. If you're not doing that, it's one step. One prayer. Lord, I want to follow you. I don't want to be in confusion like so many people are. The reason the church is in confusion, the reason it's Babel, is because we're allowing this chaos to go on instead of saying, wait a minute, I'm putting all my eggs in one basket, and that is in believing God, trusting God. No other idols, no other things. I'm going to trust God's word. No matter what their scientists say, no matter what their teachers say. I was listening to a thing today about climate change. And the guy uh, uh, on CNN said, well, 97% of scientists and all of the studies say that climate change is real. And the guy who was the founder of the weather station the guy who was at that time doing something else, he said, it's a lie. He said, it's a lie. I'm just telling you. I'm a scientist. They're not scientists. They're not studying science. And what they're doing is they're trying to get grants from the government. All they want to do is get the money from the government, follow the money. And they do not reward anybody, give anybody an award to study climate unless your results turn out what they wanted to say. So they already know what they want you to say. We talked about this last week. I talked about it Sunday. I'm going to keep talking about it. We have a lot of groups out there that are marketing groups, and they, you tell them what you want it to say. We've been doing it with coffee. We've been doing it with products. We've been doing it with medicines. And then they do a study, and they come up with exactly what you want it to say, and then it looks authentic, it looks like science, but it's really just fancy, deceptive lies 
that becomes marketing and that's all they're doing with this 97% of scientists. No, not real scientists. In fact, think about it. If you're studying, how can everybody come up with the same facts unless it's true, unless it's Christ? The world journey to sway the wicked one. How is 97% of people coming up with the same study? Because it's a lie. They just want the money. And in fact, they had a movie. I don't know if you guys seen it. Ben Stein. You can look it up. It's called Expelled. It's a movie called Expelled. Ben Stein is the one that put it out. I'm not promoting him or anybody else in it. I just want to tell you that he goes and does interviews and it's called Expelled because if you don't say what you're supposed to say in the colleges of science and you don't say evolution, you don't say exactly what they say, then you get expelled. You never get your tenure. You never get your retirement. You get kicked out of science and you don't get to be promoted to any place and you lose everything that you've worked for all your life. Go watch it sometime. It's a pretty amazing um, video. So anyway, what I want you to see is that Babylon means confusion. Why do we have confusion? We're trying to listen to too many voices. And that's what they do, a saturation of lies, of voices. And then you listen to it and you end up going, well, I'm a little bit confused. I really don't know what to believe. Listen, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Are you looking to articulate and find the voice of God, the word of God? What does God say? And then follow that. Trust God. Believe God. What happens, you start listening to men. You start listening to all these other things. And you end up in captivity. You end up in bondage. You end up in confusion. You end up worshiping the wrong way, worshiping the wrong God, and mixing everything up. The Bible is clear. We're going to go there in a little bit uh, and look at it, what we're supposed to be doing. So one step, and you can step out of the confusion, step into the kingdom of God by believing in the blood of Jesus you take one step out of the confusion into the, the house of God. You become a child of God. Uh, and you don't have to be delivered into Babylon, into confusion. And then there's uh, um, kuth or kutha. Is, there's two different ways. Listen, you know what it means? Crushing. Crushing. These are interesting because of what they mean. Uh, because if you don't surrender to God... You don't take that step. You're going to stay in confusion, and it's going to be crushing. I think it leads us into this. And then where does it go there next? The next one is Eva, A-V-A, and it's ruin. It means ruin. That's where you end up at, is in ruin. But watch. These are the cities that they're, that they're bringing people from. What? So they're bringing back into Samaria uh, confusion. They're bringing crushing. They're bringing ruin and then um, a couple of these others, we'll get to them in a minute. They bring in these people from Hamath, which means um, walled fortress. It's from Syria. It's a place by Sirius. And then from Sepharvium, which means dual. Uh, and then um, place them in the cities of Samaria instead of the children of Israel. And took possession of Samaria and dwelt in its cities. Listen to me. The children of Israel were supposed to be in this land. That's where we started at when I went through all that. Brought you the confusion. Brought you the names. The children of Israel were supposed to be lived there. God gave them this land as an inheritance. But because they disobeyed God. 
They ignored God. They worshiped the way they wanted to worship. They ignored God's voice. They didn't give him uh, uh, his proper worship. Then God removed them. Huh? Yeah, God removed them from the land and put other people there instead. You're saying, no, the Assyrians are doing Listen to me. Listen to me. The Assyrians didn't do anything. They're the instrument. God did it. God is the one who's sovereign. God is the one who allowed the enemy to raise up. God is the one that allowed these people to come into his land and take his people and take them captive because they continued to ignore him. Listen to me. Look at, look at verse 17.7. Uh, For so it was that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God who had brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and they had feared other gods and walked in the statutes of the nations whom the Lord had cast out from before the children of Israel and of the kings of Israel, which they had made. They did it against the Lord. And the Lord is the, the, the one that raised up the instrument. This is not Assyria going, I'm going to punish those children of Israel. No, this is God leading them the way, just like he said, if you forget me, I will lead you into captivity. I will put you in bondage and you will, you will be judged in that way. And so he's not trying to kill them. He's trying to restore them. He wants them to repent. And so you have the same thing. They are there instead. But what's the same thing going on in America? What's the same thing going on in America? Unbelief. What's the same thing going on in America? We, we aren't trusting God. What's the same thing going on in America? We took God out of our schools. We took God out of our, our, out of our uh, science books. We took God out of our hearts. We took God out of our churches. We've ignored God. And, and listen, it isn't that, that, that the Democratic Party and Joe Biden, like people want to say, or that China or Islam, it's God that is bringing judgment upon the land. Those people just happen to be the instruments. You can blame it on rhinos. You can blame it on Democrats. You can blame it on policies. You can blame it on whatever you want. That's just the instrument. God is sovereign. He's allowing it because our hearts have turned away from God. I'm sure there's people in this land. God always says there's a remnant. There was people around that were still serving him. But as a whole, the nation had walked away. As a whole, even the king that they had, Hosea, he was actually doing pretty good as a king. But it was too late. Many people say, oh, when we recover from this. I don't believe we're recovering from this. I'm sorry. I'm not a fatalist. It has to end sometime, people. And I believe we're in perilous times and that we're in a time when it's going to end. And God tells us it's going to end. He told these people it was going to end. We're going to see in chapter 18 that there's going to be reforms. Hezekiah, Josiah, they're going to do a little bit of reforms. But Judah goes to the same place. Judah ends up getting taken away captive. Maybe a hundred years later, they're, they're never really dispersed the way these are. God keeps them together. But these are being dispersed into other cities. And then God is, or excuse me, Assyria is bringing back other people. We're going to see them intermarry. They're going to be living in God's land instead of the children that God gave it to. Isn't that amazing? See, because it's a picture of the church. The church is right now we're in the time of grace instead of the people that God gave it to, the nation of Israel. God's got a future work with them, but right now, 
He came to his own, his own did not receive him, but to as many as received him, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. That's the church. We are receiving and worshiping God. In fact, I think it's Romans 9. Is it 10? Romans 10, I think, where we're supposed to make Israel jealous by telling them about their God. Tell them that we're worshiping their God so that they will become jealous and want to worship him. Because we're worshiping him right now instead. They did not receive him. And so we're seeing the same thing going on in the church age. Here they are. They're taking possession uh, of the land that should have been the children of those governed by God. And is there something in your life that, that, that is taking possession of your land, of your identity in Christ? Is there something going on right now? where uh, 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 the enemy is bringing something into your life. Maybe it's overtime at work. Maybe it's, maybe it's a job. Maybe it's, it's I'm in the wrong church. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a hobby. There's something that's coming into your life, and it's taking the rightful place of, of your identity in Christ. When you should be learning who you are in Christ and walking in that and getting into the Word of God and, and fulfilling your gift and promises to God for, because of His blood, but there's something taking the place of it in the land. There's something in the middle of your heart that is hardening it. There's something there that's become an idol and is leading you into unbelief. See, because people provide things. That's what Jeroboam did. He provided golden calves for them to worship. It looked normal. But all the priests knew that they weren't supposed to be doing it. And because they wanted to be right with the king, Jeroboam, when it happened, they didn't say anything about what he was doing. And we have the same thing today. We had the same thing when Nazi Germany took over. There were so many preachers that would not speak up against Germany because they was afraid they might lose their lives. There were so many churches, if you've ever heard the testimonies, where they would hear the trains coming. And they knew the trains were carrying Jews to the death camps. And they would be singing worship to God. And they said they would just sing louder so they wouldn't hear the trains and they would just sing it loud at the top of their lungs until the train subsided in the distance. But they knew how wrong they were and that they were not standing up for God and they allowed people to go to their deaths. I think we're doing the same thing in the church today in a silent way because we are afraid to speak up and say that evil is evil. We're afraid to speak up and quote the word of God and tell people we need to turn back to God. We're afraid to step out against the norms of what church is teaching and pretending like church is loud music and a 25-minute sermon and that that's something to do with godliness when it's really a bunch of false religion. It's really a fake sermonette. It's really something that just causes people to feel warm and fuzzy but never have a love relationship with God. And they're really in bondage in their heart. They're really in bondage in their lives. They're really in bondage to the government, to their job, and everything else. They haven't been set free. But again, I digress. There's always a remnant that is free no matter what job they're working. But do you know that on your job you're supposed to be working unto the Lord? That you're a witness to the Lord by the very way that you do your job, by the very way that you present yourself, by the very way that you speak, by the very things that you're doing, you're showing that you can do your job without cheating and stealing and lying on your time card and living the way that the world is living because you represent Jesus. Sadly, even if you're doing that, our country 
our country is going to be judged. It's being judged. But it's being judged by God. And you can't turn back God's judgment. You can't say, oh, but wait a minute. We're going to do the right thing now, God. What happened the last time we seen, uh, uh, is it Hamath? The last time we seen Hamath, Numbers 13, 21, is when, when Joshua was sending the spies in to spy out this land 260, or 305 years earlier, 300 and some years earlier. And they went past Hamath, and they went in to spy out the land and they come back and they did not believe God. They didn't believe God's possession was given to them. That the land was given to them. They said, there's giants in the land. And they ignored God. Listen to me. We need to wake up and believe God. God's not going to give us his son. Let him die on a cross and raise again. Pour out his blood. Pay for our sins. And then not give us everything else we need for life and godliness. We can believe him even in the hard times. We can believe him even in all the times, but we have to learn who he is. We have to build a love relationship with him, which is missing. It's missing in the church today. Do you know your God? Do you know Jesus? Are you growing in the grace and the knowledge? Does the spirit of God dwell in you? See, this is going to become, uh, they took possession of Samaria, it's going to become what you see in the New Testament. Jesus talks about the Good Samaritan. Remember that? It's going to become John chapter 4 where Jesus said, I must go through Samaria. Must need go through Samaria. Why? Because he's going to meet with a Samaritan woman. And he's going to speak to her. Well, what is it? Why, why, did, why did the Jews hate Samaritans so much that they would travel 100 miles out of their way to never touch the unclean ground of Samaria? Because right now we see these people being sent back. Well, they married into the, the weak, uh, poor Jewish people that were left in the land. And they, they made up their own religion. Listen, Babel, confusion, as in mixing. You see it in the church today. Everywhere you look, they're, they're doing walking labyrinths. They're doing yoga. They're doing all kinds of stuff, spiritism. They're doing grave soaking. They're doing all these things. But you know what? God's people don't want to speak up and out against it and walk in the truth of God's word. So what happens? You end up mixing too. You end up in confusion also. If you don't draw a line in the sand and speak out, oh, but Greg, that's divisive. No, that's truth. If it's divisive, then Jesus was divisive because he came and spoke. Truth divides. Truth separates. Jesus didn't come to bring peace. He came to bring a sword, the word of God. Truth. He came to say, wait a minute, you're confused. You're, you're, you're playing religion. John 5, 44, how can you believe you who seek honor from one another and do not seek the honor from God only? It's, it's, it's a simple thing, and we're doing it all over again. We see the children of Israel started it early, and it culminated in them killing their Messiah, even after they come back from uh, the, the captivity. So anyway, we're seeing the Samaritan people that will begin. Um, let's see. Ooh. Let's just go there. We're seeing the Samaritan people. Let's go to John chapter 4. I'm not going to spend a long time there. 
Uh, read uh, four nine. We'll start with well, now. Ooh, yeah, I get in that trouble. That's why I almost didn't go there. Let's look at um, John four. In 4.4, he says uh, he must need go through Samaria. And that's because he was proving that uh, he wasn't uh, uh, hating them the way that the other priests did, the way that the uh, Jews did. So he came to, we're in 4.5, so he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary, notice it puts him in time and frame and in and uh, it's okay to be weary when you're out in the heat. When you're out, it's okay to be tired. But spiritually, you have plenty of rest and spiritual energy. But his physical body was wearied from his journey. He sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, and this is where I wanted to get you. How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. That literally, they would travel miles around, not to even step on ground of Samaria, because they considered them unclean. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, do you guys know the gift of God? Listen, I, I want to teach this. We're in the book of John on Sundays, so I don't want to go too long with it. If you knew the gift of God, are you opening that package of the gift of God that's been given, finding out your identity and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked me and he would have given you living water. See, that's what we want is living water. We want the Holy Spirit. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock. See, they still, even though they were half-breeds, even though they were intermixed with all the Assyrians and other people over the years, they still believed Jacob was their uh, forefather. Of course, all of us are deceivers and supplanters, as Jacob was. Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, physical water, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give them shall never thirst spiritual water the holy spirit but the water that i shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life is there a fountain of water in you that's gushing out waiting to tell somebody the witness of jesus christ waiting to tell somebody about the gift of god that brings eternal life see that should be a well of water in you the woman said to him sir give me this water that i may not thirst nor come here to draw now listen She's still talking physical things. He keeps pointing her to spiritual. And this is what happens in your conversation with people out there in the world. When you go out to be a witness, they'll keep talking about, but I need this for my family, and I need that for my job. And they're going to keep talking about physical, but you keep pointing them to the spiritual. See, because our flesh wants to chase physical, but really we're here to come to know the gift of God, to come to know Jesus, to find out what spiritual things mean. Because we're spirits in a body, not bodies with a spirit. We're spirits that have a body, an earthly tent for a small time. And we need to come to know 
the gift of God and to clearly know what he says so that he can give us a drink of living water. We need to know what he's doing. She's more worried about what? Just drawing water, doing the work, getting some water. The woman said to him, though, 16, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. Now, see, when we get to this, this is an amazing thing. He already knows her heart. He already knows who she is. He already knows everything about her life. And this, he always does this with the people as you go to John. He proves to them instantly that he knows about them. He, he already knew. Go call your husband. And, and the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Listen, Jesus said to her, you have said, well, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now are with is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. See, she's drawing near now. Wait a minute. He's telling me stuff that, that, that he shouldn't know. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where you want out to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. Notice who we're supposed to be worshiping. See, Jesus is delivering us back to the Father. Jesus is delivering us back to the Father's house. It's very important that we always remember that. Jesus is the mediator between God and man. Jesus is the one delivering us back. He's the sacrifice. He's the example. He's the way, the truth, and the life. You worship neither. You worship what you do not know. Listen, many people worship what they do not know. They follow around in confusion. Babylon, they follow around in confusion, being crushed by the weight of things that are going on into the world until it's their own ruin when they can actually take one step back to God and trust and drink the well of drink from the well of living water so he said to her you worship you bow down to proskuneo what you do not know we know what we worship for deliverance salvation is of the jews because the jude nation of judah will bring the messiah jesus right here talking but the hour is coming this is what Jesus is telling them. And now is when true worshipers, not false converts, true worshipers will worship the Father. Who? The Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking. So he sent his son to find. His son sent the Holy Spirit to deliver safely across the finish line of bride. The Father is seeking such to worship him. And it really means to bow down, to, to lie prostrate. It's to, to lick as if licking a, a dog licking a master's hand. God is spirit. Remember, God is spirit. No one can even see God. He's a spirit. That spirit lives in us now if we're married to God because we believe. Now we have been given that drink of living water when we believe. And those who worship, those who bow down to him, must worship in spirit and truth. You must have the Spirit of God, and you must have the truth of God. This word is truth. Jesus is truth. He's a person. You must worship in spirit and truth. So what does the woman say? You can be the woman. I'll be the woman. Uh, not, not gender dysphoria. We're talking about the bride of Christ, all of us that believe in our husbandmen. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, the Mashiach, the anointed of God, who is called Christ. 
When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Isn't that amazing? He revealed himself to this Samaritan woman. See, the Jews have went so far away from God that they wouldn't even come close to somebody who was uh, uh, falsely worshiping uh, God, a Samaritan. They wouldn't even walk on their ground. And that's, that's why in, over in Luke, Jesus tells the parable uh, uh, of the Samaritan, the good Samaritan. And he tells the parable of the guy that had been beaten up by highwaymen and, 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 a, and a priest comes and, and, a, and a Levite comes and they won't even help the guy. But a Samaritan comes by and not only bandages his wounds but takes him to an inn and then leaves money to take care of him. Boy, they had to infuriate them because they hated Samaritans. They thought they were unclean. And he was saying, at least they're trying to do something. But you guys are just, you're, you, you travel land and sea to, to win one proselyte. And then you make them twice the sons of hell because you're teaching them lies. So that's the people that we're going to see here. This is where they get their start at is with uh, uh, Syria. Sargon II is in rule right now. He's bringing back these people from confusion, from crushing, from ruin. He's bringing back these people from Hamath, which means a walled fortress. It's Syria, from the dual uh, 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 of, of Sepharium. And then, of course, Samaria means watch station or watch mountain. Yeah, yeah, you remember that? Watch mountain. It's interesting that that's what it means. So back in our text, we see now the beginning. Worshiping in spirit and truth is where we want to be. Um, verse 25. And it was so. can't believe we're running out of time that quick. And it was so at the beginning of their dwelling there that they did not fear the Lord. Therefore the Lord sent lions among them, which killed some of them. So all these people, Assyria sends down there, and they come in just living any way they want, and the Lord sent lions and killed some of them. You know why? Because the land is holy. It still belongs to God. You know why? Because you still have to honor God if you're in his land. You know, we, we allow people to come into church, and I, and I get in trouble for this, but we, you see, church is not, church is for a believer. You go look in 1 Corinthians 14. Church is a believer's meeting. It's for believers. But we allow all these people to come into church and live any way they want. They don't fear God. And they come in and they are bringing in things into our buildings, into our churches. And people are supposed to be getting saved out there, coming to know Jesus because of the witness of the people that come in here. And church isn't even a building, it's the people. We're supposed to go out and win them and then bring people in that should, when they first come to God, they should fear God. Because they should know that he's holy. They should revere him. But then that fear moves to, 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 to reverence and awe and respect and love relationship where we're becoming like him. That's a relationship that's happening. If you stay in fear, you'll fake, oh, I'm, I'm afraid God's going to kill me, so I'm going to keep going to church. That's religion. We're going to see it in this text. That's not true love. God doesn't want you to, to do the things you do because you're afraid he's going to reach down and crack you with a ball bat. But the devil wants you to think that when you mess up that God's going to get you. Christ already took all your punishment so that you can keep running a race. you got to learn your identity, who you are. 
These people were set free, given a promised land, delivered into this land, given everything there with gardens already planted, houses already built, and then they lost track of who God was and wouldn't obey him and didn't believe him, and they began to make up their own gods, their own religion, and they couldn't conquer the land. The land conquered them. God raises up a, a, a other countries and takes them away captive because they will not build a relationship with God and keep trusting him. And it's the same thing in the churches. We just see this in a bigger picture of a country, but it's individuals with relationships. When you quit believing God, trusting God, getting into the word, prayer, and fellowship, and just surrendering to his will because you've been bought by the precious blood of Jesus, then you're going to go away and give your heart to something else. You're going to go into captivity. You're going to mix into your religion. Instead of hearing his voice, you begin to mix in rules and regulations and ordinances and dress codes. And you make up an entire religious system that leads you into hell. Instead of listening to the voice of God, who's already given you a great gift. He's already given you salvation. You're already delivered. You just need to pick up the spoils and enjoy the love relationship. So at the beginning, they didn't fear God. They didn't revere him. Morally, uh, 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 it means to morally revere him, to stand in all of him. Uh, and it's just the same way in the church today because we allow anybody to come in without teaching the truth. And, and we try to soft sell them the gospel and act like things are going to get better. And we tell them all these things. And, and it's just simply not true. If you come to Jesus, things are going to get harder. When you begin to serve God, the enemy doesn't like you to leave the camp. He's going to attack you. He's going to come after you. Or it's going to seem that he's attacking and coming after you. But it's your flesh that is telling you that. And Jesus has already saved you if you want to live for him. He's already died for you. He's already rose again. And he wants you just to follow close behind. Learn to hear his voice and obey him. That's why the Bible says we're supposed to go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and then teach them to obey. All the power is there in the Spirit to obey. Let's see. I've um, got to move on. Verse 26. So these lions are killing them, 25. They're dying because they're not respecting and fearing God, it's God's land. Uh, even though God raised up Assyria to take his people out of it, it's still God's land. And it's still a holy land. 26, so they spoke to the king of Assyria, again, Sargon II, I think, saying, the nations whom you have removed, <coughs> uh, the Jews, and placed in the cities of Samaria, do not, oh, excuse me, he's talking about these from Babylon, uh, and placed in Samaria, do not know the manner, your Bible might say rituals, it's really, in the King James, it's the manner of the God of the land. Therefore, he has sent lions among them, and indeed, they are killing them because they do not know the rituals of the God of the land. So they're telling the king, they're saying, we need help. Uh, they don't know the manner of the land, the rituals of the land. Uh, and so this God that we're not respecting is killing them with lions. Um, verse 27. Then the king of Assyria commanded, saying, Send there one of the priests whom you have brought from there. Let him go and dwell there, and let him teach them the manner or the rituals. It means the fashion of the God of the land. 
Then one of the priests whom they had carried away, I looked up that word carried away because carried away, see we can be carried away in the rapture with God, or this word means, um, oh I thought I looked it up. Are you kidding me? Oh, removed. We're not carried, removed. Uh, from the land. It means to denude, to uncover, to disgracefully send away and strip. Uh, it's not carried, it's to remove, the ones you remove from the land. That's what I was looking for. Uh, away from Samaria came and dwelt in Bethel and taught him, taught them how they should fear the Lord. Now listen, keep in mind, you send a priest back who's been apostate for how many years, and now you're going to send him back to a land with a whole bunch of new people, and you're going to tell him to instruct them how they should fear, how they, what's the manner and the fashion of this God. He's already being taken away captive because he's not doing it right. That's why they're being taken away captive. Listen to me, because that's what's going on in our churches today. You have people that are being taken away captive. They don't know how to live for God. They don't know their identity in Christ. And then they're going out and teaching other people, listen, how to fear God, how to worship God. And they're in bondage themselves. They're not even living for God. They've been taken away captive. But here he goes. They send them back. And you end up with apostate churches. And I've been saying this for years. That we, we've been called to teach the word of God. Uh, it's up to you to, to, to get into the Word Prayer and Fellowship. It's up to you to articulate and hear the voice of God, to learn what God wants you to do. And we're not going to do church the same way that everybody else is doing church because they're apostate. I've been saying it for years. I'm not picking on everybody. I'm not picking on God's bride. I'm saying we need to get back to the word of God, to the truth of God, to the voice of God, and have a love relationship with God that's real and personal so that we can be the part of the body that he has called us to be because we're living in and been handed over and being trained by priests that were trained by apostate priests. We've been handed down things that are not true. They're just simply not true. And, and the way that we're doing it is uh, uh, we're teaching as doctrine the commandments of men. And it's things that we've made up in our religious systems over the years. And it's really the living word of God that changes a person's life. You meet him personally. You begin to listen to him and obey him and allow him and his spirit to wash and cleanse you. So here they go. They're, the lions are killing them. They're like, wow, we need somebody to help. The king says, okay, send one of the priests. Remember, keep in mind, this priest has been carried away captive because he's feared false gods. And he's not following the one true God. So he comes and dwelt in where? Bethel. Remember, Bethel was one of the cities where the golden calf was at. Samaria was the other one. Bethel means house of God. But again, remember, he is apostate. He's apostate. The whole northern tribes are apostate from God. They've walked away from God. Twenty-nine. However, every nation continued. Notice this. He's teaching them. However, every nation, notice this. No relationship. Just what manner is this God? They're trying, to, they're trying to get away from death. They're trying to keep the lions from coming and attacking. 
However, every nation continued to make gods of its own and put them in the houses, shrines, it says here, means houses, on the high places, Bama, which the Samaritans had made, every nation in the cities where they dwelt. So here they are. We've got these nations, Babylon, Kuta, Eva, Hamath, Sepharium, and they come in. They're being planted there. They, 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 they bring their gods in. They're not respecting the uh, Jehovah God, Jehovah God, and he sends lions. Now, somebody has said there was probably so many dead corpses that brought lions out. No, God sent the lions. The Bible said that. God sent the lions to get them. He's a lion of the tribe of Judah. He's a real lion. And if you don't listen to him and honor him and worship him in spirit and truth, he's going to judge you. You cannot mix in the confusion. You cannot mix it in because it will crush you and it will bring ruin upon you. You'll be in a fortress. You'll be in bondage. That's what these words mean, every one of them. So even after the priest begins to teach them, what do they do? They kept making gods of their own. And, and, and it says here, um, the, the manner or rituals is a verdict. It's divine law. It's fashion uh, of their own gods. They're making their own gods. And here it says they made gods of their own. Now listen, made is the same word again. It's the word fashion. It means to appoint or gather up or keep or observe or serve false gods. Even though they're being taught by a priest how to worship the God of the land, to you and I, that would be Christ. It would be the teaching of the Bible. They continue to make their own gods. And that's what we see going on in the church today. Even though they go to church and we honor God with our lips and not our heart, we're, we, we act and we pretend and we, we play the hypocrite, as Isaiah said. That's our memory verse, remember? Mark 7, 6, and 7. We honor him with our lips. We say the right things, but then our hearts are far from him, which is what he wants. He wants our hearts. He wants our hearts. The middle of us is what the heart means. So they made, they fashioned their own gods put them in their houses on the high places i was looking at that again it's so strange that you know when i was in the drug culture you're in the drug culture you say you're getting high and i think about all the places we use the word high you know uh, uh that samaria where they were apostate is watch mountain they're high on a mountain it means an elevation it, it means a high place and, and it's forever looking to be high, but never to the one most high God. Never to God Almighty. But, but it's pretense. And you make up and fashion your own gods of your own understanding, which we're warned against. And, and see, that's what they're doing. Even though they have priests to teach them about this God, they, they, and maybe the teaching was good. Maybe, maybe the law was being taught perfectly by these priests that come back and they seen it as a second chance to teach. And these people, they heard it, but they made gods of their own. And that's what we do in the church today. I'm just listening. I just want to, you're going to watch what these gods are. But think about it. We go to church. We're like, you have this period where you're like honeymoon period. You're like, man, I'm saved. And then all of a sudden, you start adopting idols. 
and you start making up gods and you start thinking if I do this I'll be okay and if I do that I'll be okay and you create these things look at these gods that he's going to tell us about um, in every nation in the cities where they dwell wherever they were at they made their own gods this is how Samaritans became and, be, and came about I think you got like five nations or five six gods here and then they all begin to mix them together and it causes confusion listen we serve one God He's in three persons. Everything about him is contained in these 66 books by 40 authors. He came and died for us. It does not, it cannot be comprehended. It's amazing grace that we have the gift of God if we would just ask. Just ask. If we be in evil know how to good, give good gifts to our children, how much more will the Father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask? I think it's in Luke eleven thirteen. Look at this. Here's what they did. Verse 30. The men of Babylon made Sukkot Benoth. It's a hyphenated word in the King James. And it means uh, booths of the daughter or brothels. It means tents of prostitution. Listen. It's tents of prostitution. It's idolatrous in, in, in pure, for impure purposes. So their, their, their gods uh, had sex involved with it. Uh, uh, ritualistic uh, prostitutes. The men of Kuth A made Nurgle, right? Nurgle means hero. It's a Kuthite deity, and it could be even about Mars, the planet Mars. So it could be out of this world, but it was a false god. The men of Hamath made Ashima. Listen to this, what this means. Guiltlessness. Think about this. Guiltlessness, I will make desolate, is what this god Ashima uh, was about. Think about that long and hard, because that's false, salvo false salvation. False removal of guilt. Only Jesus takes away the guilt because he paid the price. Uh, Ashima, this false god, and, and, it, and one, one text said it could be a bald he-goat. A bald ego. I was laughing my butt off about that. What is a bald ego? You know, I don't even know what that means. But I looked at it, and that was from uh, uh, Hamath. Of course, remember, Hamath meant fortress. I should have done these. I meant to do these. Babylon, um, the, the prostitution, confusion by mixing. Kuta, or they made Nurgle which is crushing, and Nergal is uh, this hero, crushing by chasing heroes. Um, and then Eva is ruin. Where was Eva? The Avites, there they are, 31. The Avites make Nibhaz, which means the barker. Not Bob Barker. The Barker. Guess what it was? Anybody want to take a guess? When you call it the Barker? It was a dog-like idol. A figure of a dog. I mean, you know, we got... We, I'm not against dogs. I like dogs. But everywhere you look, we're spending... You know, it's, we spend millions of dollars on pets, on dogs. Uh, we, we're, we're building dog parks. We have dog shows. We do all of this stuff to worship dogs. And we even have... Uh, people who feel prestige 
from their dog, what type of dog they have. I mean, it's, it's the same worship, that, worship that's always been uh, uh, Nibhaz of Eva. And then we have, um, they also had Nibhaz, the dog people had Tartak, which means prince of darkness. Prince of darkness. In tradition, they worshiped uh, uh, the form of a ASS. I call it a donkey. I don't like the King James saying that because it's not culturally friendly today. It's a cuss word now. But a donkey, uh, that's what traditionally they worship, was a donkey. Tartak is the prince of darkness. Um, and the Sepharvites, that's the people from Sepharvium, they burn their children in fire. Notice that? They burn their children in fire. This is what they did to worship, just like this is everything. This was already going on in Samaria, and now you brought more in. They were already apostate, and now you're bringing in more. Why? Because they won't listen to God, because they won't listen to the Word of God, because they won't just worship God in spirit and truth. We have it in the church today. We have such confusion in the church today. Where now we're even entering in CRT. We're entering in, in Marxism. We're bringing in socialism. We're bringing in all of this crazy stuff into the church. We were already apostate. We were already mixed up. Now we're bringing in politics. And we're bringing in everything you can imagine into church today. Oh, what else? Gender friendly. What else? Homosexual marriage. We're bringing all of that into the church. And we were already apostate. And now we're doing all of this. Where are we going to end up at? But the Sepharvites, they brought in, uh, they made their children pass through the fire. So they sacrificed their kids. And they had uh, uh, Adramelic. Adramelic, which is means splendor of a king, honor of the king, or Adar is prince. And then Amamelic, the image of the king, and, and the image of the king, Amamelic, they worship almost like Molech. So that would explain uh, the, 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 the sacrifice of kids. That would explain the abortion of kids. That would explain the killing of kids even after born out of the womb. That would explain what's going on right now with, with our Congress passing uh, uh, the, the, the same-sex marriage right, with, our, uh, with them taking away religious freedoms in the same bills. They're actually attacking everything that's true about God and passing bills to introduce all of this same false worship. See, there's no, they, they, you know what happened? Listen, listen to me. When they brought these people into the land, they brought their gods with them. But what else happened? The demons that were already causing that were still in the land. And so they're still here today. We just hide them really well in America. We hide them really good. And we pretend like they're not there, but we're not serving God most high. We're not listening for his voice. We're not building a love relationship. We're not repenting of our sin. We're not casting away the things that destroy us. And we're bringing all of it into the church and saying, oh, that's Christian rock. Oh, that's Christian this. Oh, that's a Christian book. Oh, that's a Christian speaker. And we call everything Christian. And don't have any relationship with God ourselves. Now look, 32, say they, so they feared the Lord. Where we're are in you the, at? We're in the Bible. 
Yeah, I know that much. We're in the Bible in 2 Kings okay, 1732. Oh, 17. I was in 24 still. I apologize. I didn't make myself clear. <laughs> We've always been in 17. 1724 is where we started. I wish you would ask me that earlier now that I know that you weren't following. <laughs> 32. So they feared the Lord. Notice this. Look. So they feared the Lord. Watch it. How many times it comes up. So they feared the Lord. Watch it. Listen. They were taught by an apostate priest how to worship God. And then they made their own gods of their own images that they brought from their own lands. We just heard about them, how crazy they were, how demonic they were. But 32, the testimony is, so they feared the Lord, and from every class they appointed for themselves priests of high places. They made their own priests in the high places who sacrificed for them in the shrines of the high places. They feared the Lord, that's the testimony, yet served their own gods according to the rituals of the nations from among whom they were carried away. Now listen. They're not fearing God. But it says that. And see, that's what's going on with the false converts today. We'll say we're fearing God and we love God and we're worshiping God. But we make up our own idols and we go out and do our own thing. And we only do it on Sundays. But they're not really fearing God. And they're worshiping according to the manner of the nations from whom excuse me, the nations from among whom they were carried away. They continued to be apostate. They made it, mixed it more and more and more. That's Babylon. That's confusion. You say, what's going on in the world? It's Babylon rising. It's the government of the devil rising. That's why it's so confusing. That's why it's full of lies. That's why it's full of falseness. That's why it's got a form of godliness that denies the power thereof. 34. To this day, they continue practicing the former rituals. Now you can, the formal manner. Now you can say it was when this was written. You can say to this day, I think it's still going on to this day. That's what they're practicing is apostate religion. They're practicing following demons. They do not fear the Lord, nor do they follow their statutes, follow their statutes and ordinances, or the law and the commandment which the Lord had commanded. The children of Jacob, whom he named Israel. Notice he changed the name. Jacob's name was changed. Peter's name was changed. Cephas, his name was Simon. Simon Bar-Jonah. We've seen that in the New Testament. Jacob was a supplanter. He was a deceiver. He was a liar. And his name was changed to Israel, one governed by God, with whom the Lord had made a covenant. He made an agreement. It, 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 actually, the covenant means, we've covered this word. I'd like to cover it again. We'll be finished here soon. It's in the sense of cutting, severing. But, it, but it's passing between pieces of flesh. And there's a confederacy going on. In biblical times, the covenant was made in blood. God would tell you, you cut the animal in half, you lay it on both sides of the valley, and the two people in the covenant would walk through the blood. And no covenants were made without the shedding of blood. And that blood would be what they would walk through. There was a cutting away of the flesh. And that's what God wants with our hearts. If there's a covenant made with God, he wants the flesh to be cut away. Because the flesh is what worships these lies. 
The flesh ignores the voice of God. The flesh ignores worshiping in spirit and truth. And he wants us to cut it away. There's a covenant that's to be made with God. And he commanded them or charged them saying, You shall not fear other gods, nor bow down to them, nor serve them, nor sacrifice to them. Notice four things. Don't fear them. Don't bow down to them. Don't serve them. Don't sacrifice to them. But the, what did they do? 17, 7. Why are they going into captivity? For so it was the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord, their God, who had brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and they had feared other gods. They had obeyed them. They walked in their statutes. Listen, that's, that's, it's tantamount. That's what's going on in our culture today. We fear, uh, they're using fear, fear of COVID, fear of death, fear of climate change, fear of the economy, Fear of everything instead of just believing God and trusting God and waiting upon God. Listen to me. Instead of just believing God, trusting God and waiting upon God and doing what God left us to do, be witnesses and make disciples. You don't have to fear these other gods. Provide for your family. Take care of your family. Prepare, pray and ask God what you should be doing and do it. But don't walk around in fear. Don't bow down to these liars. Where am I at? 36. 35. Uh, you shall not fear other gods, not serve them, not sacrifice to them. But the Lord who brought you up from the land of Egypt with great power and an outstretched arm. And I believe that was the plagues. Him you shall fear. Him you shall worship. And to him you shall offer sacrifice. And the statutes, the ordinances, the law, and the commandment which he wrote for you, you shall be careful to observe forever. You shall not fear other gods. Listen, let me ask you this question. What other gods are you fashioning? You come into the kingdom of God, you come into the house of God, and then we fashion other gods. Or are we listening to God's voice and we're only fearing God? We're only worshiping God. We're only learning his word and learning to obey God. Or are you fashioning other gods and fearing other gods? Are you making up things that are false and not just trusting God? Thirty-eight, And the covenant that I have made with you, you shall not forget, nor shall you fear other gods. He said it a second time. But the Lord your God you shall fear, and he will deliver you from the hand of all your enemies. Listen to me. If we will fear only God, trust only God, have a relationship with God, make sure we're not fashioning gods to fit our own understanding, not bowing down to them and serving them and worshiping them. God has promised a perfect salvation. He will save us. He will deliver us. That's what he's telling them. But we already know that they did not do that. And they were removed from the land. Notice, he will deliver you from the hand. That's their power of all your enemies. 
However, ooh, contrast, they did not obey. It's really not the word obey. They did not <clears throat> hearken in the King James. You know what hearken means? To have it, to hear intelligently. Often with implication of attention and obedience. They did not listen. <clears throat> Are you listening to the voice of God? See, because if you don't listen to the voice of God, you're not learning to articulate what God has said. You're not looking for his ordinances, finding out what your identity is in Christ. Then you'll begin to fear other gods. Because that's what the enemy is using is fear so that you will revere that and follow that and bow down to that instead of worshiping God and serving God and sacrificing to God. They were taught, but they continued in their own ways. See, they, they, they didn't catch it. They didn't take it into their heart. They, they were taught, but they continued to make their own gods, to live their own way. Instead of fearing God and making Jesus our all in all. Instead of trusting in the blood and trusting in the perfect sacrifice of Christ. They did not obey. But they followed what? Their former manner. That's what he said in 34. To this day they continue practicing their former manner. Has your life changed since you met Jesus? <clears throat> or do you go to church and just go back to your former manner? Is your life changing since you've been introduced to Jesus? You might want to check to see if you're a false convert. Have you really been converted? Have you really come to Jesus? Do you really believe in God? Are you trusting in him? Or are you following an apostate religion? So look at the testimony, verse 41. So these nations feared the Lord, really? Yet they served their carved images. Also their children and their children's children have continued doing as their fathers did even to this day. Once again, the testimony. This is what the devil wants us to do. To fear God. Oh, we fear God but then to keep following in the same manner that you've always done. No conversion, no life change. You meet the Spirit of God, and your life doesn't change. I believe that's a false conversion. I don't see any way for the Holy Spirit to come into your life, the God of the universe, and to camp out in your heart and pitch his tent there, and your life not change. So it has to be a false conversion with a false preach, teaching false apostate religion, and you continuing to... Do what you've always done. Listen, you need to find out what true salvation is, what your identity is in Christ. You cannot continue in the same way and go with God because God is the way. You can't keep doing your way and go with God. Somebody's wrong. It's not God. It has to be us. We need to wake up and begin to follow the Lord God Almighty or we will end up in the same place that these ended up, apostate and walked away from God. Apostate and walked away from God. What are you practicing? 
Are you worshiping in spirit and truth? As Jesus proclaimed would happen? By the Spirit leading you into all truth? John 4. Or are you still practicing the former manner? Passing on apostasy to your children's children. Now listen, because we're going to see now that, and there's many people that, my goodness, I see people all the time, I hear people all the time, I watch people all the time that have been in the church, and they, then they're gone. They don't continue abide and remain. They don't learn the word of God. They don't allow God to change and wash and cleanse them. And I see them and they go, well, we did this and we did that and we ended up here and we're not doing this. And they don't commit to a body of Christ. And all they do is find fault with the people of Christ. Listen to me. You have to surrender. Use your gift. If you see a problem, surrender. Settle down. Teach and train other people how to live by your own example, your own witness. Because I've watched so many people walk away from the Lord. Oh, I fear the Lord. I believe in the Lord. And they're gone. Because they continue in the same manner. They don't repent and go the other way. They don't repent and turn when they're brought into the land. And they continue to make other gods and bring them into their houses. And they build shrines to them. So we see these people in the land. They're worshiping God just to placate him. Just to appease him. Just to make him... Uh, feel like that but God already knows their hearts they're not worshiping him out of a love relationship they're worshiping out of fear because they want the lions to go away if you're worshiping God because you think that he's going to take away all the pain and the suffering and the heartache you're worshiping the wrong God it rains and shines on the just and the unjust things are going to happen in your life but the closer you are to God when they happen the more perspective of a heavenly kingdom you're going to have on it and the more you're going to be able to walk through it knowing that God loves you because you know the God that you are living for you know the one true God and you're building a love relationship or you can say well God never did nothing for me and you can continue doing as your fathers did stiffening necks hardening hearts and fashioning gods to fit your own understanding or you can receive this great gift and ask for living water and walk in the newness of life. <clears throat> learn to hear, learn to obey. And part of obeying is confessing when we're not. Because all of us have issues, we need to cancel some subscriptions. There's no perfect Christians, nowhere where you look at, because we all have clay feet. We're all going to mess up. And I would be very careful of anybody that pretends to be like a perfect Christian. I'm not talking about you have to walk around with your sin on your sleeve and, 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 and grabbing everybody and telling them what's going on or what you're stumbling in or where you're, you know, you don't have to do that. You've been set free in Christ to learn to run and to follow him. So tell people and live it out in front of them. But don't go back to the old manner. And say, I fear the Lord. Father, thank you for your mercy. 
Thank you, Lord, and help us to learn by the example of the northern kingdoms. Lord, we know the southern kingdoms didn't, and it's because we all have a nature of rebellion towards you. So help us to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow after you daily. Help us to remember that, but for your grace, there go I. Help us, Lord, to see those who have stumbled and in, in love and in meekness restore such a one, knowing that it could have been us, that you've allowed it only to restore them, to, to, to save them, to continue delivering them, that you do not expose and you do not uh, uh, do these things except for restoration. Thank you, Lord, that you are restoring us. Thank you that you have delivered us. Thank you, Lord, that you've taken the penalty and you're teaching us about the power, that there is power in the Holy Spirit, that if we're led by the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And thank you, Lord, that one day we're going to be glorified with you. Help us to honor you here, Lord. Stop looking for the honor and the praise of men and continue to honor you and lift you high. Because we know you said if you be lifted up, you will draw all men to yourself. Lord, we pray for salvation of souls. Draw men to yourself, Lord. May they not be drawn to us. May they be drawn to a perfect personal love relationship with you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you.